Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likutei Halachas. Yoredeya Chelik Sheni, Hilchas Mila, Halacha Hey, Paragraph Tes. We dedicate the learning today, Leilu Nishmas, Alexander Zusha Barabavram Yosef, and Yente Fratel Bas Rabbi Shuarye, Harini Kaporas Mishkova. And for a complete refuah shalema for all those that need it, including Pesia Bas Chay Esther, Chavivachana Bas Galia, Leib Ben Jenya, Shmuel Ben Lavana, Yochevet Bas Lavana, Yehudis Nechama Bas Miriam, Chaim Yitzchok Ben Chanarivka, Akiva Michoel Ben Sarahuva, Eliezer Lippa Ben Chay Peshalea, Dvoregila Simcha Bas Chava, Baruch Mordechai Ben Tali, Soralea Bas Chavaliba, and her newborn baby boy, Avigail Brocha Bas Shiladvoira, Chana Bas Sora, David Lei Ben Shena, Shlomanisim Ben Mazel, Avram David Ben Chana, Soragitl Bas Chanariva, Miriam Esther Bas Soragitl, Nisim Ben Rivka, Chaim Arya Ben Brocha, Chaim Ben Rachel, Toiva Bas Chavaperel, Edis Bas Miriam Brindel, Michal Sora Bas Hadassa, Tuviet Svi Ben Chayaliza, Sorocho Bas Yuspendel, Avigalona Bas Yuspendel, Yehudas Ruchoma Bas Chavarus, Shloimoy Ben Rivka Sprinza, Necharochel Bas Hindalea, Fruma Bas Genessa, David Ben Behia, Shendel Bas Lea, Yisrael Ben Chanalea, Yelet Shishana Bas Chanalea, Leanagolo Bas Chanafega, Yaakov Yeshua Ben Freindel Rechel, Now, Rav Nosenzal goes into the topic of the, uh, the requirement to give a bris milah to an Evid Knani. During the olden days, when the Jews were able to own slaves, and there were all kinds of laws about if a Jew owned a Jewish slave, an Evid Ivri versus an Evid Knani. Here we're talking about Evid Knani a non-Jew from those nations where the Jews were allowed to take them as slaves. Based on what we've been learning till now, we'll be able to understand why we're required to give a bris milah to an Eved Knani. Because these avodim were acquired with money. A person bought them with money. It's a a monetary acquisition. And therefore we're required to give him a bris mila, to give a bris mila to our money, to something we acquired with money. Because the main reason behind the mitzvah of mila which is removing the orla from that holy flesh, is all about removing the tumor of the original snake from our body, from our entire body. So that our body will be perfected, will be corrected. And our body will become a vessel that's capable of receiving and retaining that light that a person receives when they're coming down from that beetle that we spoke about. 
Because the entire purpose of the creation of man was so that man should be able to get to understand and recognize Hashem. These three words here are very important. This is the, the answer that the Zohar Kodesh gives as to what is the purpose of man. The purpose of man is begin the Ishtemoido in lay, that we should be able to achieve recognition of Hashem. Lodas ulahakir oisa yizborach, to know and recognize Hashem, recognize Hashem everywhere, all the time. And the, the way that a person achieves real knowledge of Hashem is by going through this experience of Beetle, by being able to detach and disconnect themselves completely from this world and go up to that incredible high place and come back down and bring down a new realization and awareness and recognition of Hashem. Shalidei Horishimu Hanal, as a result of the imprint that's left from that beetle, from that trip upstairs, Meiren Lahadas, were able to, that, the person went up to that place called Keser, but you can't stay there, you can only be there. When the person comes down, he brings that light down into Chachma and Bina, he brings some of that light down. Meiren Lahadas, Keshem Elokim. He shines into his brain, into his das, a realization that Hashem is real and Hashem is, is everywhere. The Chuloitoiv and Hashem is all good. Even that which before I might have thought looked like it was bad, the person comes to a realization that it's all good because he went upstairs to a place where it was all good. He saw that what down here looks like good and bad. When you go up to the source, it's all good. It's all oneness. And echod is bigematria ahava. Vikimavur besoif hatoiranal, as Rabbi Nazal speaks about this at the end of the chapter on the Kutumran that this halach is based on, chapter 65, al Maimar Chazal, regarding the Gemara at the end of Tainus, where the Gemara says, Osid hakodeshporhu lasois mochoil et sadikim losid lavoi, there's going to come a time in the future when Hashem is going to make a circle, a dance in a circle for all the tzaddikim, the chol echod marebetz boy, and each, each and every one of them is going to point with his finger and say, Ze Hashem kivinuloi. This is the Hashem that we were praying to all the years. This is the Hashem that we, we were hoping. Nogila venismacha bishuasai. Let us rejoice with the salvation of Hashem. And it's from this beetle that all the Torah comes down. And one of the most important reasons for the entire Torah and all of its mitzvahs is to make us, to turn us into holy people. To be able to make that our body should become holy. So that our body, we should become a vessel that qualifies to be able to receive that light of the Rishimu, that light coming down. Because when a person's body is damaged as a result of a sin, 
Azai eno yochoi levat l'atzmoi koroi. That person will not be able to do this beetle properly. Vafiluim lefaome mizgaber beyoiser mevat l'atzmoi. And even if the person will push themselves, the person did do sins, but so what? And now I want to be religious. And now the person is going to push themselves to do this beetle as best as they can. Hurak bereka kalamoi. They'll only be able to hold it for a very short period of time. And when this person will come back down from the beetle, that person's body, that person's brain and body will not be able to receive that light that's coming down because he is damaged, because there's a hole in his cup. And then what happens is that Rashimu leaves the person immediately, and the person forgets Hashem. They forget that it ever happened, and they forget about Hashem. This is why Hashem gave us all the mitzvahs of the Torah, because every mitzvah a person performs, the person becomes holier and better. That person's keli becomes better and better. So that we'll be able to receive that reshimu. When we come back down from that high, we're going to be able to retain, receive it and retain it. And to attach it to ourselves solidly. And thereby be able to remember Hashem always. Remember, that's the opening line in Shulchan Aruch. The opening line in the in Shulchan Aruch Orachayim, the Ramos says, "Shivisi Hashem lenegdi somid ze klal godel batoira." That I should always be aware of Hashem across me all the time, constantly. That's a very very important rule. And here, Rabbi Nissan is telling us. Rav Nossin is telling us how a person prepares for that. The way you prepare is by, th- by learning Torah and fulfilling mitzvahs. That'll make you holier and holier. And that'll prepare you for this beetle, for this process that when you want to do this, when you want to disconnect yourself completely from the world and close your eyes and feel totally, and, and only Hashem, there's only Hashem, nothing else, you're going to go to a very, very high place and you'll be able to be there for a certain period of time, let's say during Shmon Esrei, and then come back down afterwards, and even though you're, di- you're leaving there, but you're bringing back with you an imprint, a Rashimu from that light, and with the, and that Rashimu enables you to bring new Torah into your life, new revelations of Torah, or to have a whole new respect and love for Torah and to be able to get to a level of awareness of Hashem 24-7. Just like we said, it's interesting, this fits beautifully with what the Chidot says. The Chidot one of the greatest of the Sephardic rabbis in the 1600s, he writes that there's a Pasuk that's very similar to that Pasuk, Shivi Seshmoim Yisamim. The Pasuk says, Bechol derochecho do'ehu. Know Hashem in all of your ways. Be aware and conscious of Hashem in all of your ways, in everything you're doing. 
The Chidol says, how can a person get to, how do you get to such a level when there are so many distractions? How is it possible? He says the first letters of Bechol, Dorachecho, Doeyu, spell the word Badad, Hit Bodedut. Badad means alone. Alo- what does alone mean? Alone means take out all of those wires. Alone means that beetle, Hispoidus, real Hispoidus, which is when a person closes their eyes very tightly and they shut their phone, they detach totally, totally from this world for a period of time. Rabbi Nizal recommended the, the greatest that, that person is a person who could do this for an hour. That's phenomenal. If a person can do it for five minutes, each person on their level, on their level. That's this, to try to achieve this beetle, this nullifying, what is beetle? Rabbi Nizal explains in chapter 52 in Likud Imran, that what am I doing in my Espiritus? I'm reviewing all of my faults, all of my Tivus Roys and Midas Roys, and I'm spending a couple of days to get rid of this, to get rid of my Kas, and a couple of days to get rid of my Gaiman, a couple of days to get rid of my Tivus Achila. I'm being Mevatel, all my negativity, one by one, going down the list, until I become nothing, meaning I've gotten rid of all the negativity, all the bad, and now it's just Hashem, and it's just Hashem. It's just the. It's just Hashem. V'alkein. That's this velizgor boyizborach tomid to to remember Hashem all the time to have this total awareness, total awareness and recognition of Hashem. Now, who is he talking to? Is this is this me? V'alkein be'emes iker shleimus hasogas alukusius borach zoichin rak hatzadikim hagdoilim, and based on these requirements, the the only ones who really achieve the highest level of recognition of Hashem and understanding of Hashem are the great tzadikim shekitshuatzman koroi who have purified themselves properly, you know, totally. And they have closed their eyes completely to all the foolishness and all the diversions and all the negativity of this world. They are pure and holy and totally separated from the from the materialistic desires of this world. Afilu shalheter, even the permissible things, even there, they they abstain as much as possible. They limit it as much as possible. Ad tachlis say achroin, and they've taken this to the furthest possible level that a human being can take it, that they can possibly take it. It's interesting. Just yesterday, somebody was asking me about this. Somebody was asking me a question about purifying and about kadesh atzmecha how can you say that when we say Hashem wants us to enjoy life, you know? And here Rav Nosan Zal is addressing this, that there's different levels. There's levels and levels of what's permissible. True, it's permissible. If you want to be, if a person wants to get, again, a person takes a test. One person, it's enough for them to get a 65 on the test. I passed. I passed. And one person is looking to get an A. And another person is looking to get an A+. Plus, you know, all kinds of different levels. And it's only these greatest tzaddikim 
that are zoiched to a super high level recognition of Hashem as a result of the Rishimu from the beetle. You know, they do because their body is so completely pure which enables them to be able to receive this light of the Rishimu fully and properly. So then one second, what about the rest of us? However, Hashem had pity on us and he gave us the Torah through Moshe Rabbeinu. And that's what makes it possible for every single one of us to remember Hashem, to be conscious of Hashem, by at least trying to fulfill the mitzvahs of the Torah, getting up in the morning, washing my hands, going to the bathroom properly, and then getting dressed, putting on tzitzis, putting on tefillin, going to shtavening with a minion, a woman doing the mitzvahs that she's supposed to be doing. All of this purifies a person's body. And this enables us to be able to receive a little bit of that super high light, that light of the Rishimu on my level, each person on their level, based on the degree that that person fulfills the Torah. Rab Nusazal says, take a look in, in Orachayim, in Hilchas Tfilas Arvis, Halacha Dalit, Paragraph Zion, where I spoke about this over there. And now this takes us back to the mitzvah of Mila, circumcision, Shehi Mitzvah Rishoyna, which is the first basic mitzvah that's performed on a Jewish boy, Shehi Lahavir Ha'orla, which is to remove the Orla, Shehu Zuamasanochosh, which is that Tuma of the original snake, Kedei Sheyucha Lekasher Begufoy Oyr which is preparing that person to be able to receive that light of the Rishimu from the beetle. Because again, the child is going to close his eyes tightly when he experiences the pain of the bris. The child is going to experience that beetle and he wants to be able to receive the Rishimu. Removing the Orla is a major step in the right direction of starting to get rid of my tumor, get rid of the things that I need to get rid of. And again, this is a very important basic. If we want to make Yiddishkeit as simple as possible, Rabbi Nezal in chapter 25 on Likut Imran presents it as two steps. Step number one, get rid of the evil. Step number one, there's Medame, got to get rid of your Medame. Step number two is climbing a ladder. That you start from the bottom of a ladder and you're working your way up. You're climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing. And this isn't, it's not a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Every day, a person's getting rid of the evil. How? Going to the bathroom is one of the forms of getting rid of the, the ra, the tumor, and, and washing one's hands. And then, mitzvah, another mitzvah, another mitzvah, another Torah. And Rav Zal says, this is why on the holiday of Hanukkah, Hanukkah means chinuch. Chinuch means basic education. Hanukkah is about two, two mitzvahs. Number one, get rid of the Greeks. Wipe out the Greeks. 
Number two, light a candle, another candle, another candle. Keep increasing the candles, increasing the light. Questions? Good, good question. How is it possible to, be, to eliminate one's cast in a couple of days? You're right, I exaggerated. It could take a couple of years. A person can probably do this in the safe environment of their hispoidus, but is this going to help if something triggers them afterwards in their regular life? A few minutes ago, before this shear, I had the privilege of learning Sefer Hasidim with a close friend. And we learned there, one of the things that he says there is that there are three ways that you can tell <coughs> three qualities in a person. The way you can tell the humility of a person is only when they have an occasion to get angry. When something happens to really make a person very, very angry, and you see that the person doesn't start screaming at the top of their lungs. They don't start, but rather they're quiet, they accept whatever, whatever another person would have exploded and done. The person accepts it quietly, and then you know that they're really humble. So, so it's true, it's true that, there's a, that during his Hispoidus sometimes a person feels like a malach or at any time on Yom Kippur, on Rosh Hashanah, on Tisha B'Av, we're fasting, we feel like angels. And then the next day, my Yetzirah is back and I'm doing all kinds of mistakes. It's, it's a lifelong battle and it's a process, it's a process. And, and a person has to do, each one of us on our level, has to do the best that we can. Hashem doesn't expect me to be Moshe Rabbeinu or Avram Avinu, or, but Hashem does expect to see me try to be the best me that I can. Any other questions? V'zehu bechinas mitzvahs mila savodim, and now we'll go into understanding the mitzvah of giving a bris mila to an eved, shehu kinyan kaspoi, which is something that I acquired for money. Here what I'm trying to do is to remove the orla, that tomb of the snake, which is attached to all the materialism of this world. I'm trying to remove it from something that I acquired with money. Because you want to know where all the tithes and all the negativity of this world attaches itself to most? It attaches itself to money. Because it says in Kohelis, money is everything. Money, it ta- money, respond, money takes care of everything. And in money is found and is included all the foolishness and all the desires, all the materialistic desires of this world, it's all in the money. The money is the key to being able to buy all of those, all the pleasures of this world. Because let's turn the clock back. When Odom and Chave ate from the Eitz Hadas, and Hashem issued 39 curses, 
10 to Adam, 10 to Chava, 10 to the snake, and 9 to the earth. Arur Adama, those 39 curses all went into money. How is that? Because it says over there, With depression, with struggle, with difficulty, you will earn your livelihood. That itzavain, when it is, is in the money, the 39 acts of work that a person does to acquire money, to support themselves. And that's why in, in money, related to money, is where all of the asiya, the action, and this slavery, person, I'm a slave to my jaw, I'm a slave to my... That's these 39 acts of work. Which is the opposite, the exact opposite of that beetle, where a person detaches totally from the physical world, from materi- everything materialistic. Because this beetle means nullifying and negating, shutting down the body completely, where the person doesn't have any physical, materialistic feelings at all, even things that are necessary, even the most basic needs. person doesn't have to go to the bathroom, they don't have to sleep, they don't have to eat. When a person's in this beetle, they've detached totally from the physical. To the point where the person isn't moving their eyelids and they're not moving their lips. And no part of their body is moving. Here, Rabbi Nassim is giving us a definition of beetle, what we're talking about here in beetle. A level of total, 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 what some people call this meditation. They define meditation as beetle. Rabbi Nassim's definition of, med- of, of, of meditation is beetle plus speaking Tashem at that time. Not just being in, in this trance, in this total negativity, but then using that to open up my mouth and speak Tashem. And all of the activity and the slavery of the 39 acts of work, which are all found in the desire for money. That, that's the exact opposite of this beetle. This beetle is total spirituality with no physicality and no materialism. Money, the, the, the deep connection to money is the exact opposite of this. And this is why Rabbi Nazal teaches us in Likut Imran in several places that a Jew who's going to work, a Jew who is involved in this world, has to try to sanctify and purify those 39 acts of work to make sure to do them according to the standards of the Torah and thereby elevate them to, the, to be the 39 acts of the Mishkan, which were building the Mishkan and operating the Mishkan. In order to remove from these 39 acts of work the tumor of the snake that attached itself over there more than anywhere else, 
כדי שלא ימנעהו מלקשר הראשים הנעמליבוי, so that it shouldn't block us from being able to experience that beetle and being able to attach that Rishimu to my heart, Be'ez she'shav my beetle, when I come back down from the beetle. She'oz choyzer u'mezgaber be'yoyser b'chinas chezu dayalma. Because Rabbeinus, I'll explain in Likut Imran, <coughs> that when you're coming back down from that beetle, the Eitzahara says, oh yeah, watch me. And he comes back stronger, much stronger, with all the olam hazeh, with all the materialism of this world. Like two people who are fighting against each other, when one sees that they got knocked down, they can do one of two things. They can give up or get really angry and come back twice as strong as they were before. Because they got this major knockdown, they're going to come back now ten times stronger. As Rabbi Nezal elaborates on this over there in Torah Samachai, that when a person comes back down from the beetle, sometimes they find that the suffering becomes much heavier. So what do I do then? Ayin Sham, take a look over there in chapter 65. Because all of this is really one. Ki Hayalma, that term, the materialistic world around us, which is the foolishness, the nonsense of this world, and all the materialistic desires, that's the real suffering of the soul. Remember, there's two things, we're made up of two things, a body and a soul, and their diets are the exact opposite. The soul diets on fasting. The, the greatest nourishment to the soul is abstaining from physical, everything physical, everything materialistic. The body diets on gashmias, food, money, physical pleasures, all of these things. They're both in opposite directions. So that when a person gets overly engrossed in gashmias, the neshama is screaming, ouch. The nefesh is screaming, ouch, you're killing me. You're killing me, you're drowning me. And that's what ends up causing all the suffering of the body also. When a person is overindulging in gashmias, when a person is, is, is getting totally engrossed in materialism, that kind of thing, you'd think that, wow, they're going to have more, more money, more pleasure. No, more money, more debt. And more food, more, hungrier, getting hungrier. The food doesn't, it's like drinking salt water. You think that the Torah says this, that mar ben achosim, mar and yesh mona the craving becomes stronger, chas v'shalom. This is why we're required to, to, to circumcise the slave, shehu kinyan kaspoi, who is my monetary acquisition, k'day lahavir ha'orla zua masanochosh mehoevet, thereby removing the tumma, the orla, the tumma, the snake, from the servant, from the slave, Shukinian Kaspai, who is my monetary acquisition, Sheshom Ikarachizosoi. That's where the sitrachra is attached most. Kedei Sheyucha Lekabel Oyer Horashimu, 
because that will enable me to be able to receive that light when I'm coming back down from the beetle and to be able to bind it to myself solidly. So that the orla, the negativity that's in my money, that's in my, won't, won't block me, won't be an obstacle preventing me from being able to draw that rishim with that great light. Rav Nosan Zal is repeating this because the main place where the Yetzirah, the Tumah, and, and, and all the, the gash attaches itself to is the money. And money means money and monetary acquisitions, all types of financial acquisitions. My car, my house, my, my all of these things. Sheshom Iker Ho'avdus. That's where the slavery, that's where the servitude is. V'yalkein Ho'evet Chayev Bekama Mitzvois. And this is why a slave, an Evet Knani, is required to fulfill certain mitzvahs. V'chol mitzvahs sheho'isha chayeves bohen, ho'evet chayeves And the Gemara tells us in Krisos that all the mitzvahs that a woman is required to keep, an evet knani is required to keep. Ki tzorech lekadesh ho'evet shukinyin kaspoi b'mitzvah satoira. Because we have to sanctify the evet, which is my money, my money, <coughs> The Torah calls him Kenyan Kaspoi, something you acquired with money. I have to sanctify him with the mitzvahs of the Torah, Ule Toivloi, and to dip him in the mikvah, Ule Muloi, Leshem Avdus, and to give him a bris milah, not making him a Jew. It doesn't turn him into a Jew, it turns him into a legal Evid Knani. It makes him into an Evid Knani. Kedei Levatel Kaspoi in order to remove that tumor of the snake from my monetary acquisition, sheshom ikarachizosam, because that's where this tumor of the snake attaches itself to most. This also explains why a person has to purify. We know that meat in an animal, in order for an animal to be kosher, we have to shecht it, and then we have to remove all the bad blood. We have to get the bad blood, we have to salt it in order to remove all the bad blood from that. The blood that's the, the negativity, the, the medame, as, as Rav Nosenzal speaks about in the beginning of Yeridea. And it's brought, when it comes to money, you have the same process. Money is called dumim, blood, dumim is blood and dumim is money. You have to kosher the money. How do you kosher the money? You put it in the mikvah? No. You, you remove the, the miser. You, 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 you tithe it. You're removing the bad blood, in quotes. And you're being makadish that. You're giving that tzedakah. You're taking away the zuamasanochish, the negativity that would want to attach itself to money. <coughs> Questions? So is it true that a slave is not treated as a person here, but just as a monetary acquisition? The answer is in this particular process. But the Torah gives us requirements. When a Jew has a slave, he's got to treat him better than himself in many ways. This isn't a heter to treat him like garbage. There's all kinds of requirements. 
But here we're being told that one of the ways that the Torah defines an Eved Kanani is Kinyan Kaspoi. And Kinyan Kaspoi requires anything that a person acquires with money requires a Tikkun. The money, because the money is the main place where the Sitra attaches itself to, based on those 39 curses. I see an analogy that in our generation, the worst Kinyan Kaspo causing a separation from godliness is TV, movies, and internet. And the way to circumcise it is through a strong filter. Exactly, exactly. Point, it's called the entertainment. Enter, that industry, that world is called entertainment. Only it's a fake entertainment, it's a fake simcha. It's the, it's the entertainment of the sidrachra, which, which ends up replacing holy entertainment, which is the Torah, the Torah mitzvahs, you know, leading a, a, a kosher, healthy life, that kind of thing, for sure. And again, it requires filtering. It requ- because everything could be used for good. Everything could be used for good and could be used the other way, chas v'shalom. Uh, Rav Nelson Zal wrote here, not even, one, not even moving one's lips during this beetle. So how does one daven in thought alone? The answer is no. <coughs> Rav Nelson Zal speaks about this in another place. There's something called chashmal. Chashmal in modern Hebrew means electricity. In Torah, chashmal refers to like the highest level light of Kedusha. The Gemara in Chagiga speaks about this a lot, and it gives different definitions of the word chashmal. One of the definitions is where we split the world in two. Chash means silent. Mal means to speak. Milah is a word, you know, speaking. And the Gemara says there that there are angels which are itim choshois, itim amalalois. Sometimes they're silent, sometimes they're speaking. Rabbi Nassau and Rabbi Nelson Zal explain that the highest levels of Hispiridus are where a person starts off with silence. A person starts off with this beetle, <clears throat> this total, total n- n- shutting down of all systems, including the mouth including the mouth, and does that for a certain period of time, and then pulls the trigger, and then starts speaking. Because again, after the, just like, just like we have Rosh Hashanah, and you have Yom Kippur. Rav Nelson Zal gives incredible insights into this. We know that Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are called high holy days. It's days of tshuva. And we know that one of the most important parts of tshuva is vidui, confession. And we say Rosh Hashanah, the breast of it is especially Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah. There's no confession in Rosh Hashanah. We're leaving out the most important part. How could that be? There's no Vidui on Rosh Hashanah. There's no Asham no Baganu. There's no Al Chait. On Rosh Hashanah? No. Yom Kippur. And Avinu Malkeinu isn't the, there's the, that first line, Chaton Ulfanecha. The rest is Bakoshas. So Rabbi Nelson Zal explains that again, the tshuva process requires two steps. When a person does something wrong and they say, I'm sorry, immediately, it doesn't really work in most cases. When a person does something wrong, the first thing is slam on the brakes and think 
and feel ashamed and embarrassed. Hashem, I'm too embarrassed and ashamed to lift up my face to you. Step number one is shame and embarrassment. And when a person's embarrassed, they can't speak. They're silent. Step number two, there's a requirement to apologize. It's not enough that a person's ashamed and embarrassed. They have to say, I'm sorry that I did this and this thing, and I'm going to try my best not to repeat it. There's a pasuk, a person who covers up their sins will not succeed. If a person confesses and leaves, then Hashem will have pity. So Rav Zal explains, Rosh Hashanah is step one. Rosh Hashanah, we're blowing the shofar. What is the shofar? It's crying, it's coil without dibur. It's sound, but no speech. Crying, crying, crying. Why aren't we talking? Because we're ashamed, we're embarrassed. This is step one of the tshuva process, that I can't speak. I can't speak right now because I'm, I'm realizing the magnitude of, of the things I did wrong. I'm realizing that I have to feel t- ashamed and embarrassed. Then, 10 days of tshuva, and then we get to Yom Kippur. Now it's time to open your mouth and enumerate and go into detail saying what I did wrong in order to erase all the specific line, line items. Isn't it the judgment on Rosh Hashanah? You mean the answer? The, I'm but, first but, and then I got to do Teshuvah. It's totally backwards. No, there's a, here again, judgment starts on Rosh Hashanah and is completed on Yom Kippur. What about the fact that the Gemara says that there are three books, there are three groupings in Klal Yisrael. Tzadikim and Rishoim are signed and sealed they on won. Rosh Hashanah. They won. On Rosh Hashanah, exactly. Benonim, the people in the middle, people in the middle, uh, the people in the middle have Til Yom Kippur. Til Yom Kippur to get their act together and to do tshuva. And Hashem waits until Yom Kippur. If they don't do tshuva by then, they're in big trouble. So then the Breslavers should leave out Yom Kippur. And they should leave out Aseris Yom Tshuva. And we see they don't do that. We see the big Breslav rabbis observe Aseris Yom Tshuva fully. They fast half a day during Aseris Yom Tshuva. And they're saying the extra prayers, the Shira Malis Mimamakim and the Avinu Malkeinu and all, all of those prayers. The answer is, everything is relative. Everything is relative. On a certain level, on a certain level, we believe that those who are attached to the tzaddik, the tzaddik and those who are attached to him, receive a certain major, major tikkun on Rosh Hashanah. On the first night of Rosh Hashanah, after that first mire of Rosh Hashanah, Rabbi Nazar said, I lead my, my, my people through. However, however, we continue praying. The next morning we come to shul and we come to shul early. And we're praying, we're saying, and we're listening to the shofar. We're doing all the mitzvahs of Rosh Hashanah. And then we're going into Aserasim Eitshuva because we know that there's still more. So why are we doing Tanit Why are we doing Tanit Because it's brought, there's a custom in that some of the Breslavers keep, Rabbi Nezal used to do this, that the first day of Rosh Hashanah, the Zohar Kodesh explains, is Dino Kashia. There are two levels of judgment by Hashem. There's severe judgment and lighter judgment. And we're told that on Rosh Hashanah, day one is severe judgment, day two is lighter judgment. 
And some of the differences in the prayers between the first day and the second day reflect this. So the first day of Rosh Hashanah, because it's severe judgment, and we know that the most dangerous part of the body in many ways is the mouth, one of the ways of dealing with that is Tainus Dibur, being careful not to speak at all on the first day of Rosh Hashanah, only Torah, only Torah Tefillah, and not even any public lectures, you know, anything like that. Back to earth. Prayer, uh, prayer is not considered Dibur? Correct. It's, it's, not con- it's not considered the wrong type of Dibur. That's holy, holy Dibur. The prayers, even a person's hispoidus, that's okay. But it means no conversation with people. When it says in the, um, in the when we do the Tachanun, it says something about uh, the Anshe Amuna. Exactly. They, they had their whispered prayers. Yes. So isn't that really what a prayer is supposed to be? The answer is that's Instead one... of our Breslavi type of, you know, out loud... Question, is prayer supposed to be whispering or screaming? The answer is both. There's a time to whisper. The time to whisper is Shmon Esrei. Shmon Esrei is called Tefillah Belachash. Tefillah, silent prayer. Other than that, we're told that a person must hear, they should hear the words that they're saying. Uh, there's different types of whisper. There's a whisper that you can hear. And there's a whisper that you can't, that according to some opinions in the Zohar Kodesh, it, the, the whisper during Shmon Esri is where even you are not hearing, no sound at all is coming from your lips, not even for yourself to hear. Respectfully then, where does the silent scream fit in? The silent scream is when a person is standing among people, let's say, and they want to scream to Hashem, a person can do it. It's possible to do it. There is this silent screen where a person's putting all that power into the, into the screen, but it's not going, it's going from the heart and chest and lungs and everything to the brain, bypassing the mouth completely. Isn't that what the, the previous question sort of was about? Am I praying in my own head? The, the answer is no. That Shmon Esrei I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm mouthing the words. I'm, I'm mouthing words. And I'm having this cost, uh, processing, and uh, I, I, I need to pass this, this uh, energy out. Yes. Isn't the advice in the books about uh, the silent screen? That, that's one form. To utilize it there to that's, get rid of anger? That's one form of it. Or, or if a person is in a place where they're not going to be disturbing anybody else, we want a real scream, not a silent scream. Real screaming. And those Isn't it more of a kvetch? Uh, you know, uh, there's, there's, the Zohar Kodesh mentions that there's ten different terms that are used in the Torah regarding tefillah. Tsa'oka, za'oka, there's uh, ten flavors. Question? Is the beetle to money <coughs> described here as the same or different from the non-attachment as taught by other religions? I'm not so knowledgeable in the other religions, but I, I believe yes. Again. Yes. He has the book on meditation giving the different different versions of it. What is the tikkun of one's wife? 
she's been mentioned in the same line as the slave, he receives a tikkun with his bris milah. What about her? The answer is through the mitzvahs that she performs. The mitzvahs that a woman performs, <coughs> nida, the laws of nida, the laws of tznius, the laws of challah, all the mitzvahs that a woman performs, those are the mitzvahs that, that those are her tikkun. Tefillah. Paragraph Yud. Vialkein. Now Rav Nosson Zahal is going to address a tremendous chiddish that if a Kohen owns an Evid Knani and that Evid Knani has that bris milah, that Evid Knani has certain privileges that a Rosh Yeshiva doesn't, that a rabbi doesn't, if the rabbi is a Yisrael. A Yisrael is not allowed to eat truma. A Yisrael is not allowed to eat the parts of an animal that are given to a Kohen. And the Evet Knani is allowed. Because once again, Hashem has given us all of these mitzvahs in order to purify ourselves, in order to enable us to perform this beetle, to skyrocket all the way up there, come back down and bring down this light, this Rishimu. Shenucha lahakiroi, so we should be able to achieve a level of recognition of Hashem as a result of that light that we bring back down. And this is why a Jew is required to purify our eating. That there are certain things that are unkosher, that we're not allowed to eat. Shehem nevelas utrefois uminim tmeim shenechas bohem zuamas hanochash beyoiser, where the tumor of the snake has attached itself to those foods, in, in much more so, and therefore those foods are out of bounds completely. Shalide achilosam nifgam haguf, whereby if a person eats those tray foods, the body becomes damaged. And the person will not be able to receive that light. And just like non-kosher foods are forbidden for this reason, on the opposite extreme, Hashem has forbidden us regular Jews to eat certain holy foods, which we're forbidden to eat, because they're too holy for us to process. For example, truma or kodshim in the base of which a non Kohen is forbidden to eat. The reason why that's forbidden to me is because my voltage is a thousand volts. Those foods are three thousand volts. And if I, who can only handle a thousand volts, take three thousand volts, it's going to blow. It's going to blow my fuse. Because remember, we said one of the main requirements in being able to receive that light is you have to have the proper vessels. 
Therefore, a non-Kohen is not allowed to eat those foods because it's too high voltage for us. Because a non-Kohen doesn't have the ability to draw that light and attach it to themselves. Because to us, it's too much light. Whereas this Eved Knani, who's not even a Jew, not even a, he's not a Knani, he's a financial acquisition of the Koyen. He can eat Truma and Kochen just like his master, the Koyen. Because he becomes part of his master, part of the Kohen. Since he is the, the acquisition of the Kohen. And one of the main places where a person makes Kalim is in money, money, financial things. Because one of the main ways that a Jew generates kalim is by purifying one's money, meaning one's physical things, one's food, one's house, one's car, all of the one's clothing. That's all mamoin. That's all my money, my my value. By purifying all of those things from the tumma of the snake, which attaches itself to the thirty-nine acts of work. The koyhanim, their work, they didn't work in the in the work field. Their work was in the beis hamikdash, in the mishkan. Sheshom iker tikun kol halametes malachis. That's where the thirty-nine acts of work were sanctified. Shemavur Mokhmashmur, as we discuss in other places. Vialkain, Haim Mechaprim Kolho Avoinus. And that's why the Kohanim played a major leading role in helping us be forgiven for all of our sins, Haboim Mizua Masanochosh, which are the result of that Tumma of the snake. The Iker Kaparosam, Alidea Momoin. And how do they bring about this forgiveness? Money. Shemi Shechot, a person who committed a sin, Tzorech Lohovi Mimamoinoi Vekaspoi Korban Kefiachet. That person has to spend money to buy a korban, a sacrifice, based on what type of sin they committed. And by bringing that money, by making that donation, that helps the person get the kapora. Because the location on earth where a person can achieve the highest level of bitul is the Beis Hamikdash. That's where this light of the Rishimu shines brightest. Now Rav Nosan is clarifying to us. A person's ability to receive that light of the Rishimu is dependent on three things. The person, the location, and the timing. All of these things are playing a major role in this. Shabbos versus weekday, a whole different level of bitul. <clears throat> Shabbos, Rosh Chodesh, 
going into being in shul, a whole different level of bitul, being at the koisel maravi, being at the kever of a tzaddik, a whole different level of bitul and rashim and all of these things. Al came therefore. The Eved, who is a financial acquisition of the Koyen, he can eat Truma and Kochim. Because the way that the Kohen becomes complete is by purifying his money, his financial acquisitions, by purifying them from the tomb of the snake. So that all of a person's acquisitions, everything, again, clothing, house, money, swimming pool, car, all of those things, should be able to receive this light of the Rishimu. And that's the real completion of the Tikkun. There's being misake in my body, and there's being misake in all my parts, all my everything that's part of me. Which again, the term money is a is an umbrella term that refers to everything I own, everything I own, everything that's mine. Baruch Hashem, another milestone, and now Rav Nosson is going to explain Ahavas Hashem. Now Rav Nosson is going to go into explaining Kriyashma. What does it mean, love Hashem with your whole heart and whole soul and all of your acquisitions? Rav Nosson is going to go into discussion of that. And then he's going to go into discussion of next week's Parsha, Parsha's Ekev. By coincidence, he's going to prepare us for the Torah portion that we're going to be reading the, the following week in Mitzvah. should be zerichet to absorb what we're learning and, and, and understand it as well as we can and live it, live this type of life which is good living, real good living. Be zorichet to the gula shleimah, b'mher b'yameinu, amen v'yameinu. Amen.